Welcome to China Tech Talk, a weekly discussion of what's happening in China's technology and startup ecosystems. I'm John Artman, editor in chief at TechNode, and I'm Matthew Brennan, founder of ChinaChannel.co. So last week we talked a little bit about bike sharing. And、um, there's there's obviously a lot more to talk about in that area, but first we don't we want to you know kind of step aside a little bit and, and look at、um, another you know very hot area,、uh, another really interesting area. What's happening in Chinese、um, technology? So if you're interested in bike sharing, don't worry, we're going to come back to that. But for this for, for this episode for the second episode of、uh, China Tech Talk, we want to talk about、uh, WeChat Mini. Programs,、um, and so I think that you know, if you're living in China, you're already pretty much aware of WeChat. More than likely, you use it all the time. If you're outside of China,、um, perhaps you don't know too much about it, but you do know you it's a it's a messaging app、um, that's really kind of taken、uh, China China by storm.、Um, started in 2011, and、uh, at this point, it's it's completely ubiquitous. If you're not on WeChat, if you live in China and you're not on WeChat. Um, you might as well just just not exist in in the digital age. So we're going to be talking a little bit about、uh, mini programs on WeChat this week, because、um, as as Matthew was going to tell us, you know, this really is a game changer for technology for consumption here in China. So Matt, I mean, like you've actually written quite a bit about mini programs,、um, and I think that you were one of the 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 people when it was first announced to really get excited about these things.、Um, so what what exactly are they? So mini program is the original name for mini programs were app accounts.、Um, so they're a kind of a an account on WeChat that mostly businesses can use. And、um, we can think of them as a as a light app,、um, a very、um, small and fast application that pops up and disappears、uh, once you've used it.、Um, they're not called apps anymore. Now they're called mini programs. So this is this is a a, a point that. Uh, I want to bring up early on that、uh, a lot of people refer to them as mini apps.、Um, it's a bit like the bike sharing thing that we had last episode, where、um, you、uh, made your point about you know bike sharing、uh, perhaps being a bit inaccurate. So here,、um, the term that Tencent and WeChat will always use for these is mini programs. They will never refer to them as apps,、um, and that is because of Apple. Um, Apple does not allow them to use the word app. Did not allow them when when they had a meeting at, at the beginning. So、um, that's a little confusing for some people. You know that that's basically what they are. They're, they're, we can think of them as light and small, and、uh, they they're sort of sort of uh, uh, ethereal, I guess is the word, that where they sort of come and go, disappear、mm. quite quickly. You know the the app versus、uh, program distinction. I mean, it's it's funny because you know the the word app wasn't really used until、um, smartphones really became、uh, the norm for for people. And and basically, I mean, applications on your smartphone are the exact same thing as applications on on your desktop.、Um, I think that you know when when apps were first released, when when developers first started using them. And started creating them.、Um, they wanted to to differentiate them from what you, what you have on your desktop. 
And so what we're seeing now is is basically, you know, the same kind of semantic split where to make sure that people are not, you know, confusing, you know, the apps that that reside on your phone and the the apps that reside uh, inside of WeChat. Um, so everyone knows that that they're different now. Um, on TechNode, on TechNode, we end up we end up calling them uh, mini apps just because that's what we've kind of always called them, and so we want to make sure that we stay consistent there. Um, but at the end of the day, mini app, mini program. I mean, the official name is mini program, um, in part because, as you said, because of Apple. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's it's basically it means the same thing. Right, right. Uh, I think that's a really valid point, um, and that's why. Pony Ma, the CEO of Tencent, indicated that, okay, Apple said we um, can't use apps, but actually that's probably a good thing overall. Um, perhaps they didn't think that at the beginning. Um, but um, it is because of this semantic split, which I think is actually useful um, in terms of uh, understanding what's going on here. If we're calling them apps, that is... I think many programs will go in a different direction from what we know apps are as 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 right now. So it could actually be very useful to to stop using this term app, uh, which is very much an, a term that's associated with Apple, um, and it's not going to be the future of the the future of many programs. And the direction they'll take is is likely to be somewhat. Uh, it could be very different from from the the. Uh, what apps are right now and what what people think of when they think of apps yeah 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 exactly exactly um which i think is one of the reasons that um that you're you're so bullish on them but i want to go back to one of the points that you made before about um these these mini programs um being ephemeral so i guess one one of my big questions is um what is the difference between you know these mini programs and uh you know an html5 web app i mean is is it basically the same thing and so you're just you know accessing an h an h5 page through through wechat or is there actually a difference there uh, i think they're very different a html5 page is um has been that's been around for a long time the difference for many programs is uh well a big difference is they're bookmarked uh, within wechat uh, if you if you use a mini program um you can come back to it uh, right now, users, most users aren't used to that process, um, but this is a, a sort of habit that's built over time. So if you use a mini program and you want to come back to it, it's it's two taps to get back to a list of your mini programs um, from where you can reaccess that mini program. I think it's about discovery mechanisms. So that's one of the discovery mechanisms or one of the sort of uh, areas through which you can... Um, access a mini program and because WeChat has this whole ecosystem built up and they're so bullish and they're so um, they're pushing mini programs so much now they're creating all these different ways that you can access mini programs um, so you know for example you can put them into articles now you can link them to official accounts menus you can link them to uh, official account you know homepage directly um, Pretty soon there'll be mini programs nearby, which will be sort of, uh, we, we're not sure exactly how that feature will work, but based, based on your location, you'll be able to find different mini programs. Um, all these different ways in which you can find mini programs. Um, and of course, the QR code, which is the big one, right? 
the, the QR code in the real world. So scanning scanning that to, to open up a, a mini program um, within the context of, you know, finding a bike, for example, or having just paid for a coffee in Starbucks. Um, yeah, a big a big one is linking uh, mini programs to that pay screen. So once you've paid something for something with WeChat Pay, then there'll be an option on that. You know, you paid you paid five UN for your for your um, I don't know for your, for your Coca Cola. Then now there's a there's a mini program linked to that page to upsell you on something or to provide a delivery service for what you've just bought, for example. Um, usually when we buy things. Um, there's some kind of extra add-on service that we might want. And um, so this can be provided through a mini program directly linked to the, the, the page you get when you've actually just made that purchase. So the, um, the potential here is absolutely huge. Um, and to be honest, in terms of the features and functionalities available for mini programs right now, they're not why they're not majorly different from what WeChat already had with um, official accounts or what's possible if you are good at working with WeChat APIs and linking together to a HTML5 page. Um, but in the future, that's that's likely to change. Um, there's likely to be a lot more interesting things that the WeChat team will open up for many programs that won't be available for other uh, features and entities on the yeah. platform. Yeah, and this was this is what's been really interesting, I think, about um, about these 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 mini programs. Um, I remember when mini programs started to get really hyped up. You know, a ten ten cent there they had been rumored that they were going to be introducing these things. Um, then there was actual confirmation that they were going to be releasing them. And a lot of developers, a lot of marketers were getting very excited because it's like, oh, okay, finally, we can be released from the shackles of our, you know, uh, official account. We can be released from the shackles of our, um, of our service account and actually start doing something a bit more, more interesting, um, or at least, at least exploring different uh, other ways to interact with, um, customers or, or your audience or whatever. But then when they were actually released, there was a bit of a, a bit of a letdown, uh, a bit of a, a, a disappointment, um, where, and I remember, you know, being, being in some of the, uh, the WeChat groups with, with you, Matt, where, you know, people were sharing these, these mini programs. Um, and I, and you, you look at it and you're like, oh, okay, well, this is an interesting application of these mini programs, but it's not compelling. Like it's not an actual, like use case that I'm interested in. And it seemed like that was kind of, kind of a, a, quite a bit of the feedback at the time that there wasn't actually, you know, a compelling scenario for people to actually be interested in using these, to actually create a habit, as you mentioned, out of using these things. But then I was looking back, you know, when WeChat announced that uh, they were going to be um, introducing uh, advertisements into the uh, to the moments uh, timeline, that there was a lot of um, negative feedback. You know, people were complaining about it. Um, that, you know, they were getting served ads that, that weren't interested to them. You know, they're just, you know, a regular dude living in a third tier city, um, not making too much money, but then they're being served these, these ads for like Gucci bags or, or something like that. Um, and I, and I, and I feel like in some ways, you know, Tencent, they are at least, well, with WeChat, they seem to be like the, the, the kings of a failed launch. I mean, you look at how many programs worked, how they launched them and, and like, it wasn't, like there, like what it could have been was not, 
actually fully fleshed out. And I think in a, in a sense, Tencent can actually do that because of their of their dominance, uh, because of WeChat's dominance. They can say, okay, here's this really cool thing. We haven't quite figured it out yet. Um, you guys go play with it. We're going to keep developing it. And then, you know, you know, a point that, that you've made before, you know, two years later is really kind of when, when we see that they've really kind of come into their own. Everything that WeChat has launched on day one that's gone on to be really, really good and really, really important when it was launched was crap. Everything. Um, WeChat pay. When it was launched, it worked, but nobody was using it. So it was useless. Right? There's the, nobody getting hyped about WeChat Pay for offline payments in stores on day one. It took two and a half years for that to happen. And now WeChat Pay is ubiquitous across China. You can go into any store and use WeChat Pay. And that's a habit that's taken a long time to build. When you look at official accounts, the whole official accounts platform, which is um, in, in China almost as important as the app economy itself. You know, when it started, it was crap. It, it was it just had some very basic features. It was used by um, by celebrities to post audio messages to their fans. Um, when you look at WeChat app itself, when it's 1.0 version, it was just a basic messaging app. It had you could send pictures, you could send text. That was it. Um, it was very, very, you know, very, very basic when it started out. Um, you know, the list goes on and on, right? So every feature that's gone on to be huge started from a very humble beginning. What's different here is that before this feature was released, Pony Ma, the CEO of Tencent, and Alan Jung, the founder of WeChat, have both been on the record talking a lot about this feature as if it's a big deal. And that's never happened before. Usually they just launch features and don't, they're surprising people. That's how they, that's their style. Um, and this one was different. This one was literally the, the, the founder of WeChat got up on a stage and said like, I have a dream and that dream is mini programs. And that's pretty much what he said. Yeah, to summarize his talk in, in a sentence. I had a dream and that dream is mini programs. Um, and they were launched deliberately on the on the 10th anniversary of the launch of the iPhone. Founder of WeChat, again, on his moments, you know, posted some pictures that, again, indicated that he saw this as a career-defining moment. As in, like, this is the big idea I've had. You know, this is as big as the iPhone. This is as big as the App Store, this idea. Um, and then, you know, they've never done that. They've never done anything like that. So everyone was expecting, oh, my God, like WeChat's, WeChat's like, uh, this is the big one. You know, this is the big one. And they're waiting for it. And then when it came out, um, yeah, it was very disappointing. <laughs> yeah. And that's the that's the thing. I mean, like I was I was kind of like looking back um, and really, like I said before, you know, it really kind of felt like a failed a failed launch. Um, and, and, and at the same time, I think, you know, Tencent can get away with that because WeChat is already so dominant. And people, I mean, and there's really very few um, actual actual competitors. Um, I mean, if you if you look at uh, there was a um, a, a report published uh, earlier this year by uh, the uh, Cheetah Cheetah Labs as well as um, Libra, which is a um, an Android market analysis platform. 
Um, and so they did it. They did a ranking of the top 15 social apps in 2016. And they ranked it by uh, weekly active penetration rate and then weekly app openings per capita. Number one was WeChat at 80% uh, weekly active penetration rate. Number two was QQ, also owned by Tencent at a little bit under 50%. And number three, number three is Weibo at 7.5%. And so you, you, you look at you look at those numbers and it's very, very clear that there's no one even close to coming to touching the dominance of, of WeChat in, in China's China's social media. And so in a sense, it was a bit of a failed um, a failed launch, but it, it, it's, it hasn't really hurt them, it seems uh, at the end of the day. And, and they and they are um, continuing to to innovate on top of the, the WeChat um, the mini mini programs. It hasn't hurt them because they they're always well, a couple of reasons. You know, like WeChat's so careful about the user experience. You know, they launch this feature, but if you know, for most users, the the main problem is not that I don't like mini programs. It's like, what are mini programs? I've never seen one. Right? It's not a user like so. If okay, Weibo. Let's say Weibo is an example which you just referenced. So they launched, um, you know, they ripped off um, Snapchat, which everyone's been doing recently. Yeah. So they've they put in um, stories, right? Which is basically every Facebook product now has stories in them, and, and Weibo is doing it now. When you launch that, it's in the user's face. They're like, oh, the app's changed. Um, now I have to. What is this thing? Whoa, hang on. And, and every user will get that right the day it's launched. But WeChat doesn't take that uh, approach. They've launched what they consider to be a, a game-changing feature, but for most users, the experience of using the app has not changed at all. There's no bit that's, so the way it's hard to explain if you don't use WeChat how they do that actually. Um, but there's a lot there's a lot of things like that in WeChat. Well, I was going to say because that's the something that you mentioned before. One of the one of the biggest complaints w- at the launch was about discovery. And so I think I think you make a really good point. I mean, in general, um, you know, if you look at WeChat, the the user interface compared to almost any other website or application in China, it's amazingly clean. Like all all you have really is you have your messages uh, and then you have some tabs, um, you know, below that where you can go into moments um, and have a bit more of a uh, interact on a on a bit more of a public uh, scale. Uh, and then there's other other features where you can access, but there's no advertisements, there's no pop-ups. All it is is just you know, open the app and you go into your messages. Open the app and you can go into your moments. And with uh, with you know some advances in in actual smartphone technology, so for example on the iPhone 6s and and above, there's the 3D touch feature where you can uh, press a little bit harder uh, on your home screen, and things will pop up uh, shortcuts to to payment to you know to your QR code where you can um, get your uh, where someone can add you and scan scan your QR code and then add you onto their onto their uh, contact list. But in, but again in general. The, the UI is amazingly, amazingly clean compared to a lot of other Chinese um, uh, applications and, and, and websites. And so I agree that they, they've done a really good job and very, um, very strict about protecting that user experience. But then when you look at many programs, uh, you know, it, they're almost impossible to find and uh, they're, they're very difficult to find inside the actual application. 
Um, and then even and then even then, like once you once you have used a, a mini application, you know, it's not always very clear about, OK, where do I go to find it again? And it seems like in, in some ways they've almost done that on, on purpose to kind of keep it a bit low key. Definitely, definitely. They don't want the users to be bothered by this. So to summarize about the WeChat experience being totally different from other apps in China, when you open WeChat, you get a page that is um, the blue marble page. It's it's a, a picture of the globe with uh, a, a, what seems to be a young boy looking up at, at the uh, at the world. That that's the open screen. That's that's the loading screen. Um, almost every other major app in China, the loading screen is. It's an advert. It's a it's a it's an advert that changes, um, you know, for for some product that usually you don't want, and you have to look at it for five seconds. It has a countdown. That for me summarizes the difference between WeChat and and, and most Chinese apps. They're thinking on a completely different level to, to most other people. Now, for for mini programs being being discoverable, it's changing. It's changing very, very fast. In fact, almost um, I feel that by the time we've recorded this and by the time we actually get it out to release, there could be more changes that happen. Because right now, many programs are going through a, a, a period of almost unprecedented, rapid uh, new features being launched day by day. Um, I refer to it as the mini programs blitzkrieg, um, which is what we just currently going through right now. Um, this is unprecedented. We've never seen WeChat release so many features um, in such a short space of time. Now we're starting to see the actions happen that, that all the all the talk before, before everyone was saying, oh, there's lots of talk and no action on behalf of Tencent and WeChat. And now we're seeing a lot of action finally. Um, it's changing extremely fast. And I think brands and, and businesses now are are getting very excited about this. Well, that's that's the thing. I mean, again, like I, I would say that that wh why I kind of classify it as as a bit of a failed launch. I mean, because and the and the way it was sold was that in terms of discoverability, the only way one of the one of the main ways that you could actually find these mini programs was you know by scanning a QR code in in the physical world. So. And and it seems to me that the applications there are are super super interesting for businesses and brands to allow, uh, as you mentioned before, upselling, um, but then also just other ways of delivering content or delivering messages um, to to their users. Um, and so you know, and 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 that type of functionality just wasn't really there at the time because it. it companies just didn't didn't have any of that in place. Um, and so I think that, you know, moving forward, we are going to see a, like a, a much larger uptick in the numbers of physical QR codes that you can scan to actually um, access the mini programs. And I think that's that's really what's kind of so compelling for me is it's really kind of bringing the 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 the, the O2O uh, trend, the O2O economy kind of full circle, where um, O2O, technically it stands for online to, to offline, uh, and we can talk more about that uh, at, at some other point. Um, but here, what we're seeing with, with, uh, with the mini programs is, again, closing that loop. So it's not just online to offline, but you're scanning a QR code, and you're being presented with online content. So it's offline to online, so the, so the reverse of that, of that uh, the, of that trend, and so really, I mean, this is the, this is the really cool thing about technology these days is that at this point, 
when you're talking about anything that's happening in the world, it's almost impossible to disentangle the effects of technology on any given phenomenon. And so even this idea of, of O2O, uh, online to offline, offline to online, even this idea is becoming uh, unnecessary. Everything is connected. Uh, and many programs yeah. seem to be really to be the way that, that, that WeChat and Tencent are kind of trying to bridge that gap in terms of um, actually bringing it all in, in together into one package. Exactly, exactly. The, the online and offline worlds are... Are, are seamless now. In, in China, they're seamless in many ways. So this trend is is going to uh, keep growing and growing. Uh, we're still at very early days um, uh, in terms of uh, offline to online uh, experiences in particular. Um, but the, the trend is very, very clear. And, and that is what many programs are, are trying to capture. Yeah, um, it's trying to break down the friction that's what it's at its, at its core, what many programs are. Um, and I think I want to go into more detail uh, about it actually in, in part two of this because um, in what's going on in terms of many programs on a very, very high level is that um, you know they're trying to reduce the friction to have these interactions from uh, from your basically what now your phone, your phone is the, is the equipment you're using, but in the future it might not be. Um, it could be glasses, it could be something else. Um, but right now it's the phone and the interactions between your phone and, and, and the real world um, uh, in order for you to do things like unlock a door or make a payment, um, use something or uh, interact with someone. Uh, the, the, the barriers are being broken down here and the current system that WeChat has in place previously, which was official accounts, um, this is a very unnatural uh, you know, why, uh, an unnatural sequence is a very clunky sequence uh, in order for you to have these interactions. And basically, what many programs are doing is uh, reducing the friction and simplifying that whole process. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and 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 you know, as you said, we're going to talk a little bit more um, about that in in a later um, episode. Kind of looking into the business model, um, diving in a little bit deeper into to how content creators and and brands can use them. Um, and then perhaps even looking at, you know, the future of um, the Internet. You know, how does how is this going to play in with, you know, the Internet of Things? How is this going to play in with, you know, some of the uh, the, uh, the bigger trends that we're seeing right now in terms of the sharing economy and, and things like that? Um, but unfortunately, we're at about um, time for, for this episode. Um, and so in the future, look forward to more talk about uh, mini programs and WeChat. And we're also uh, going to get back to um, bike sharing in the next few episodes as well. So as as always, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you really enjoyed uh, this program, as we hope you did, uh, please do us the, the the kindness of leaving a review on on iTunes or giving us a thumbs up or you know sharing it on um, your social social network, um, sharing it, telling telling all your friends about it. But anyway, that's about all the time that we have. I'm John Artman um, for uh, TechNode, and I'm Matt from China Channel. when you say I'm Matt. Uh, okay, I'm Matt. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, just, most... just just go ahead and say I'm and I'm and I'm Matt from China Channel or something. And I'm Matt from. Ch- oh, no, I, this... <laughs>